Welcome to the midweek Mission Ridge podcast known as Footnotes. Footnotes is here to give you some of the stuff that we didn't have time to cover in the sermon and encourage you to dig in deeper as you study the text. So let's dive in and check out what's in the footnotes. Welcome to another episode of Footnotes. Glad to have you with us today on the podcast. We got Jennifer Bartlett. Hi, guys. It's been a minute. It has been so long. I'm so excited to be back. For the double. You're just excited to be out of the house. (laughs) Yes. That Rona quarantine's fun. Mm. Especially when you didn't even have it. Yeah. (laughs) What's funny is then I get freedom, and this weekend I'm like, all I want to do is stay at home by myself. Oh. That's welcome to... That's intriguing. Yeah. There you go. Kyle (laughs) Wonders. Hello, hello. Back at it again. Getting all up in the mic's business. Uh, Rob Croyle. Hello. And then, uh, of course, me, me, little, little old me, Logan, uh, just coming at you with the footnotey goodness. It's going to be a good time. Good mm-hmm. time. Got some things to talk about. Uh, maybe... Well, some, no, some, some, some. Yeah, we got a little something, something. Now, surprisingly, we, we actually did have to struggle to come up with some things to talk about. I mean, we didn't really struggle. It's pretty easy. Because <laughs> um, I was thinking, oh, this is going to be loaded. But we split this sermon into two parts, two-parter. Uh, it left you with a cliffhanger this week. Not not so much of a cliffhanger, just a incomplete. Uh, a slightly sloping downhill. A slightly sloping downhill. You're sitting a on the edge, of a, the edge of a precipice that is about to descend into chaos. I mean, the second part of this sermon next week. And uh, yeah, so we maybe a little less to talk about than we would have, but I think we'll still probably ramble for far too long. What's interesting is there will be less verses for us to talk to this next week. Yep. The sermon will be just as long. Yep. There's more to talk about. Like, uh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was struggling so hard. Like, I tried to do this sermon without cutting We it cut this thing in half, and it was 42 minutes and 22 seconds long. I was just going to ask, oh, how fantastic. long is this one? I was impressed. I was impressed that Rob kept it that short. Because I saw us preparing for this. I saw what we were planning on talking about. I was impressed. You didn't actually say anything? You didn't? Nope. I was just like, he wants to talk about it. We'll see what this... All right. It seems like a lot, but he's got a plan. I trust him. I kind of... I, I knew the... Captain, my captain. I knew it was a lot... I knew that it was a lot. However, I didn't know how to divide it up. And when I decided to divide it up by doing the outsides first, yep, I think that really helped. But so the top, there were six parables that we're supposed to present this last weekend. And the top three are connected to each other. That's important. The bottom three are connected to each other. That's important. Uh, and then that they're connected from outside in like like a chiasm. Yep. And so that's important. It's kind of like, well, which way do I? You got to talk about it all of it. And it's it was all Friday important. afternoon, right? When I called you. Yep. You called me on Friday. Yeah, it was late Friday afternoon. What was interesting was as soon as I made that decision, like the rest of my processing, just even as I was driving. Yep. Like I was freed up. I was trying to figure out how to do this within a reasonable amount of time, which is like we try to stick to 30 minutes because because of our first service. And our second service always goes a little bit long comparatively. Mm -hmm. And and so – and then I just really wanted to do this story as a – larger conversation justice. Yeah. There's too much in there not to not to hit everything. You know, and if if we had done this all in one one sermon, then you might not have had time for, you know, examples that involved tape decks. I know. And that would have been horrible. <laughs> I mean, <sighs> if you couldn't have brought up the tape decks, the or CDs. The, the CD, a compact disc is, I think, what they, they used to call them. Back, back in, in the, the day. Back in the day. Uh, 
I can't say that because I listen to CDs all the time. I still have CDs in my truck. Uh, I have CDs in my car. I still have tapes. So uh, you said that. Jen texted me from the from the tech room running the video with a laughing face. Tapes? And I was Mike like, yeah, was cracking of course, up. Mike was cracking up. Jen was cracking up. Kyle talks about it later. Like, man, you struck a funny bone with everybody under 40. All I want to know is why was there a 12 second pause in between <laughs> CD and iPhone? Because that's about how long it took for them to develop it. <laughs> <laughs> that's how long there's a they have a skip feature on CDs. So it plays 20. Ah. Like forty-five seconds ahead, right? Mm-hmm. So that that must have been what was going on. There. Let me ask you this question. <laughs> Let me ask you this question. All right. <laughs> what was the tapes and the CDs in iPhone in reference to? <clears throat> Bible. The Bible. What about the Bible? Being able to listen to the Bible. Every day. Every day. I don't care how much you laugh at me as long as you're engaging with your Bible every day. Go for it. Like have a have a nut. I you know, I'm like with if, you. If, I'm with you. I didn't think I just thought it was funny that it got such a reaction out of everyone. Less than like, oh, Rob said tapes. <laughs> what an old guy. Ancient of days. Like I, I really didn't even think second of it. The best the, for me was Mike's next to me in the tech room and he's like he forgot to say eight tracks. <laughs> <laughs> because they never had, I don't know if they ever had Bible on eight tracks, but they definitely did on tapes. They do have it on vinyl. And that was from the 60s. I love that because you know everything sounds better on vinyl. Absolutely. So that's that's our shortcoming for this week. It's less of a shortcoming and more of just uh, let's have ourselves a little giggle. Um. <clears throat> But you're completely correct, Rob. As long as you're engaging. If you want to listen to it on tape, you listen to it on tape. You want to listen to it on your iPhone? You listen to it on your iPhone, along with NSA. I'm just saying, everyone carries your iPhone every day. I mean, most of the time, unless I forget it. I wish. You think if you 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 forgot your phone, you're going to remember your tape? I might. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, all right. Well, let's dive into some footnotey goodness here. Uh, so, first topic of conversation. Uh, one of these, the question that uh, that reoccurs. Yes, I, I, don't worry, Rob. I'll read the board for you. He's over there squinting at the board. Uh, <laughs> don't worry, I got this for you. I have glasses now, so I can see everything. So... The world has been revealed to me. Um, so, one of the things that keeps coming up in this parable, and, and we've we we've uh, made it clear that this ties to the parable of soil. And this question that keep, keeps coming up of why do you teach in parables, mm. right? And so we figured we should talk a little bit about why you would teach in parables. Jesus gives an explanation. Uh, he says it's so that they don't understand. Classic Jesus answer. Fantastic. Um, but a little bit of historical context of rabbis would use parables, one... That was just the teaching tool of the day, but the, the kind of the reason that they would do that is because it forces you to wrestle with the story more than just a lecture would, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Kyle, in college, most of your classes are probably lecture-based, right? Yeah, that is accurate. So you sit in class, the teacher tells you, blah, 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 blah. They sound like the wah, 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 yep. wah, wah, mm-hmm. you know, Charlie Brown style. And you soak up the information as best you can, and then you regurgitate it back out on a test, right? Bunge and squish. Yep, exactly. <laughs> now, there's probably you've probably had a couple other classes where it's a little more hands-on, a little more discussion-based. Yeah, yeah. Right? Uh, maybe even uh, some where you've been working in a lab, maybe? Yeah. Right? So then you're experimenting and figuring stuff out? Kind of on your own. Which of those classes do you learn more in? No, definitely the discussion-based and lab-based. All right. Now, I'm not saying that lectures are horribly wrong and the entire way we do things in the West is wrong. However, there is a learning style in which uh, the Eastern mind would be much more uh, accustomed to uh, in Jesus's day. They're they're an Eastern culture in that sense. And that is the, I'm not going to tell you what I'm trying to teach you. I'm going to lead you on a journey of discovery to figure out what I'm trying to teach you. And that's what the parables allow the rabbi to do, 
It's giving the disciples something to discuss and wrestle with and fight over, probably. They're probably all sitting together and saying, no, 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 this is what Jesus means. No, this is what Jesus means, right? Um, but the, the, the reason to teach in that is because they will understand it better in the rabbi's mind if they have to discover it through this process. So that's, that's kind of why the, the teaching style of the day would use that. And this process isn't left to individuals go and, and figure this out by themselves. It was, a, it was a group study kind yep. of uh, concept, and they called it Havarim, which uh, the Hebrew word basically means companion, It's mm. my understanding. But there'd be a number of people, a number of uh, disciples that would wrestle together over this conversation that they just had with their rabbi. And they would think in terms of, well, you know, we'll talk about the parties of these two parables that we covered, uh, the Peshat, Ramez Drash, Sod. And they, they would wrestle through and, and say, well, so what was the Peshat? What was the Ramez? What was the Drash? And and they would wrestle through that. There's a, a psalm that uh, some of the commentaries reference, Psalm 78, 1 through 8, that says, Listen, O my people... To my instruction, incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known, and our fathers have told us. We will not conceal them from their children, but tell them to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wondrous work that he has done. For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel which he commanded our fathers, that they should teach them to their children, that the generation to come might know, even the children yet to be born, that they may arise and tell them to their children that they should put their confidence in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments and not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that did not prepare its heart, whose spirit was not faithful to God. And I think about that next to last line, a generation that did not prepare its heart in this. And we've been saying that this parable is about preparing our heart. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's you, could, you could say it's one big parable. It's a group of parables. It's, it's, a, uh, it's a body of work, you know, seven parables coming together that they all work together. But I think the primary parable is the parable that, Logan, you presented, the parable of the sower, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that all the other parables help better explain, I think, is what Matthew's trying to communicate in the way he's organized this this group of parables, which, man... Give us some more depth to that initial parable. Help us understand, help us along the journey. Yep. And in fact, that's that's even when we see the explanations... It's kind of interesting to me. My understanding of this is that uh, in the uh, in the spirit of not just explaining this and instead taking the disciples on a journey, you one of the reasons why you wouldn't see Jesus explain is because he wants them to wrestle with it, mm-hmm. which then means when he does explain... He's probably not going to just tell them what it means, right? Mm -hmm. That initial explanation in the parable of the sower does seem to make things really clear, which is kind of intriguing to me now that I think about it, because it it shouldn't be that way. If if a rabbi would explain the parable, then he's going to give an explanation that oftentimes is going to make it seem more unclear. It's going to give them more to wrestle with, help push them out like they're missing it. we got to push them out further to wrestle with this. Right. right, and we kind of see that in the explanation of the wheat and the tares. That one is not necessarily as clear, uh, as clear cut. Um, it may be 
maybe raises some more questions than answers, almost, uh, to a degree. And so I, I, th- I think that that kind of adds into the, the layers that we're seeing here in Matthew 13 um, with all of these parables that he's teaching. But even in his explanation of the sower, he highlights again what I believe, what we believe to be the remez, which is some 100-fold, some 60, some 30. He mm-hmm. didn't need to restate that. And by restating that piece to He's his definitely disciples, pushing, pushing them in a direction. Yeah, he's still leading them down this path of, of discovery. Yep. Now, in the parable of the terrors and the explanation of that, he adds elements to it, mm-hmm. right? And and it was in the explanation that he talks about the angels um, and that he uses the, the phrase, the furnace of fire, which he doesn't use the, in the, the parable itself. Mm-hmm. And in the parable of the dragnet, he kind of, he, he adds in the angels and the uh, furnace of fire as a connecting point between these two parables sure. that are bookends of of these six parables. Yep. So there you go. You know, it's kind of like, I have an analogy. Okay. It's kind of like when you wake up in the morning and you open your eyes, you can't really see much because you've been asleep and your vision's not great. And then you turn on the lights, which in this analogy would be the equivalent of getting an explanation. And momentarily, you can see absolutely nothing because you're overwhelmed and you have to like take some time before you can see the big picture. Mm. So it's like you start out not being able to see anything because it's dark. When the light is shown to you being the explanation, at first, it's overwhelming. You have to take time to figure that out. I like that. That's good stuff. Yeah. All right, Rob. Tell me a little bit about Jesus, Essenes, and Ezekiel. What do we got going on here? Well, so uh, Marty Salmon believes that John the Baptist was Jesus' rabbi, even for a short period of time, because every rabbi was commissioned, as it were. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a commissioning process for uh, pastors. And so uh, every rabbi had to be commissioned by another rabbi. And Jesus, Son of God, speaking authoritatively about the Scriptures, didn't need necessarily to have people commission him. But Jesus seemed to follow the law of the land, as it were. Sure. And followed the traditions... Uh, and and use the rabbinical tools that were common to that time frame, and so um, so Marty believes that when Jesus is being baptized in the front end of the Book of John, that that is this commissioning. This that's this moment where the mantle's kind of being handed mm-hmm. off, and. Marty also believes he's, given, he, he's being given authority. He's, yes. Yeah. Yep. Authority to be a, to go and and do his rabbinical work. Yep. Now, he's only six months older than Jesus. John is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, his cousin. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it's not like this extensive. <laughs> yeah, it's not like he's got a ton of seniority on him. It would be a, this is a weird this is a weird relationship between rabbi and disciple, if you want to go that route. Right. Yeah. Obviously, we don't have any... I don't know of any history of this of this period preceding his, his uh, commissioning, as it were, mm-hmm. this baptism. So, we, so we're guessing a little bit here. John the Baptist, where he is baptizing people, is awful dang close to Qumran, which is this... Essene uh, compound. Yep. We've talked about this a little bit many, many moons ago. And the Essenes were a group of the Pharisees that 
predominantly were um, of the tribe of Levites. Mm-hmm. And many of them uh, had responsibilities as priests. Yep. And they and they got frustrated with what they saw, uh, in particular with the the Sadducees and the way they uh, gravitate towards Rome yep. and the way they were uh, treating the people and the way they were uh, abusing their priestly um, authority. They got frustrated with the system, and so they went out and they formed a compound. If this doesn't speak to every Montanan, I don't know what will. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, John the Baptist seems to have strong Essene influences. Yeah, And, and his John's dad... There's a pretty strong case to be made for John to be an Essene or raised around Essenes, for sure. And so one of the uh, favorite books, Ezekiel is is such a hard read because the the pictures, it's the symbolism is thick. Crazy, crazy imagery. And, And you have to... You have to kind of live within the context, I believe, to be able to understand some of that imagery. And and Ezekiel's sure. just, it's a hard read. Yep. But the... Jenna has strong feelings about Ezekiel. She just made a, I'm dying face <laughs> at the thought of it. <laughs> but it was one of the favorites of the Essenes. And so it's interesting that Jesus, in this set of parables connects to no less than no less than three Ezekiel passages mm-hmm. and and uses Ezekiel to communicate this idea that isolation is not is not actually what we're after here what we're after is this idea of of modeling ourselves after Daniel and his approach hmm. to coexisting with, quote-unquote, those who are evil. Yeah, because that's the opposite of what the Essenes uh, had done. That was the the opposite of their approach. They said, no, 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 no. We're going to go take our wheat. We're going to go be far, far away from any possibility of tares. Yep. 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 And he's probably speaking to... A crowd that might have some Essenes in it. Some of his disciples might have been. Yeah, there's there's some suggestion that some of the disciples had Essene influences, uh, and the Pharisees would have uh, been very sympathetic towards the uh, uh, Essenes. Mm-hmm. Um, they just really um, the the Pharisees had a tendency to live in the area of Galilee, where the Essenes. We've had a tendency to live more remotely. Mm-hmm. Montana. Um, slightly, slightly different approaches in their in their response, but very similar. Yep. Would the Essenes have taken a rabbi who wasn't Essene if they were isolationists, as you guys are talking about? Like, well, again, they don't know one, two. Uh, it seems like there's indications that by where John the Baptist well, yeah. was doing his baptisms, where Jesus did his baptisms, that that they were actually connected to the Essene community. So they were already... Yeah. Um, okay. There's also, when you look, the, a lot of Jesus' teachings look very... Uh, they're going to they're gonna mesh with the Essene behavior okay. and response to a lot of things. In a lot of ways, other than this one, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So both Jesus is providing commentary to the Pharisees, to the Essenes, to the Sadducees, to the Herodians. Like, yeah, he's, he's providing com- like no one group. And there were five major groups of that time. No one group had a corner on the. They were missing things. They were missing elements. They, their prejudices were getting in the way of. 
fully understanding what God was calling them to. And Jesus was coming to them first to say, no, take a look. And in fact, this where Jesus we... starts his ministry, where John's baptizing, where Jesus begins this, is almost a nod, because it is within eyeshot of Qumran. It's almost a nod, because the Essenes thought that you would bring about Messiah through dedication to the text. Hmm. And so they dedicated their life to the Word. Interesting. Uh, it's, it's because of them that we have the Dead Sea Scrolls, mm-hmm. right? They, they, would, they were in super, just super dedicated to keeping the text and being devoted wholly, completely to the text. And we owe the uh, Qumran community so much because they answered so many questions. It was like burying treasure, as it were, (laughs) uh, for 2,000 years almost. And there was things that, that we didn't have insight into, like some phrases... Uh, that get used in Galatians in particular, uh, that we we just wouldn't have insight into. with, And then to be able to prove that the Isaiah documents that match what we find in our Bibles today, that those documents predated Christ. Mm-hmm. Because of the Qumran community we have evidence that that the scriptures really have been held intact with for a centuries. high level of integrity mm-hmm. yeah and I've, where where Jesus is doing this he's it's almost a little bit of a nod like yeah you guys you guys were real close on this or you guys kind of got this right and the only like really the only bone you can pick with them is they give up their they give up their location. They give up their position within culture so they can't affect people. They can't. They give up that position in Shafela, yeah. like we talked about a while ago. Right. Which is really, that's very much what Jesus is talking about here of this tension that Rob talked about on Sunday with this living within the, the evil alongside it. Right. Um, and talking about the tassels, for example. That's Shafela. Absolutely. Yep. which we talked about a while ago. Mm-hmm. It's a, such <coughs> a good throwback to that. Like that, yeah. Got all the words today. In case yeah, for those who weren't in the room with us, there was a <laughs> lot of pointing. There was, there was like a some gesturing, head, motioning. It almost looks like a crazy symbol. Yeah, beside the head. It's I'm, okay. She's been quarantined. Yeah. Well, she needs a warm up. Four <laughs> syllables sounds like <laughs> sounds like pulling your ear. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, good stuff. All right. Well, let's talk. Uh, let's talk about. We said we were going to talk about the Pardes, the uh, the Peshat Ramez Drosh, and we probably won't talk sewed because we can't talk sewed. Only Jesus gets to talk sewed into your heart. Oh, uh, snap. But of the tears in the dragnet. Well, we could talk so to someone felt somebody like, got so. Yeah, if someone if God gave you so, mm-hmm. then might happen. Could be yeah. exciting. We'll be we'll have it on tape if it occurs. Be so <laughs> exciting. Oh, so exciting. <laughs> well, it isn't happening now. Brent God Billings, was that, God that was, was already. You. He was like, oh man, I'm gonna give Kyle something sweet. And Jen drops that joke. He's like, nope, no more. I'm out. God loves my sense of humor, you big jerk. You shut your face. <laughs> shut your face. I'm not sure if that checks out. I mean, look at my life. He thinks I'm funny. <laughs> oh, he's going to spit his drink out. Nope, got that. Didn't spit take. All right. <laughs> Dodge that bullet. Fantastic. All right, Rob. Let's talk about Pardes. What do we see going on with the Pardes here? All right, so with the, with the two the parables... Uh, terrors and dragnet. What do you guys see as the Peshat level? Would you hear what's what's the ground level interpretation of those two parables? I feel like it's kind of the Shafela thing we were just talking about. Like the living in the world amongst everyone, not like being next to like you know. You know, being with... Oh, I just hit the mic. I'm sorry, Logan. Oh, that's all right. Um, <laughs> being with both the good and the evil and coexisting together and then 
Like you, it's not your place to judge that. Mm. Yep. Right. Yeah, that's kind of the the let God be the judge of things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I see that as kind of being the that's what sticks out to me on the surface level of that. Mm-hmm. Kind of a, a know my role. Yeah. Okay, so so that's the terrors so co- coexisting that yep. that's predominantly found in the terrors. It to some degree it's in the dragnet as well. Um, I guess no, that is in the dragnet. Both of those clearly, the evil and the good, coexisting, side by side. Don't don't try to don't try to figure out how to undo that. Just live with it because if you don't, you can make mistakes. Mistakes will be made. Someone's going to be mislabeled. They're going to be misidentified, and it's going to cause harm. Right? We, we all agree with that? Yeah. Okay, so the remez. What remezes did we see? <clears throat> At least a couple. And a remez is a hint of something where there's a connection between this story, the terrors and the dragnet, and the Old Testament. So we got the obvious Daniel reference. Obvious Daniel reference. When I kept saying furnace of fire, did you guys picture Daniel? Rack Shack and Benny? No, but that's because I haven't read Daniel. Which is fine. Which right. is fine. But yeah, so, but for Jen, for you, like mm-hmm. that was just a, oh, I wonder if that's because I, like, I kept. <laughs> Jumping up and down with that. Like, hanging on to that one, guys. Oh, it shows up again. That's weird. <laughs> huh. I wonder why he keeps pointing that one out. Gosh. Um, so, so yeah. So, yeah. So, just on the surface level, I mean, just listening to him going, oh, there's, where do I, where have I heard about a furnace and something being burnt up in a furnace? Mm-hmm. Oh, the book of Daniel. Uh, so we will read that in care group. Okay. You get a chance to read that. Um, Man, there's some chiasms in Daniel, too. I like chiasms. That's so. like a Mission Ridge staple in my head. <laughs> that makes me happy to hear. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, what else do we have for remezes? Well, we got some Ezekiel references, right? Yep. With the fish. The fish and and I'm trying to think what else. What are the remezes? Uh, I can't think of any, so I'm just gonna let you. Oh, great! Thanks. Just I can play Jeopardy music if you would like. That is not gonna help. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know if I'm remembering any other ones. Uh, there might be one with the. There might be one with the gnashing of teeth. Is that one? Yes. Weeping. All right. All right. All right. So, Logan, I can't tell you where because I suck. Weeping. But <laughs> weeping. And that's what Google's of... for. <laughs> well, and and I I have not looked that one up. Ah, but, yes. All right. Bonus points for me then. <laughs> but Jesus Jesus actually says that quite a bit. Um, I'm not sure if there's an Old Testament, but but yeah, in this case, like anything that Jesus says that's authoritative, like you could connect this to those conversations mm-hmm. too. But I believe there is an Old Testament. I, I'm, I'm pretty appears, sure there is. It appears seven times in the New Testament. Okay. Hmm. And then... Hmm. Weeping and gnashing of teeth. Several times in the Old Testament, three mentions in the Psalms, one in Job, one in Lamentations. All right. Do you have one of those? Mm, Pull up a psalm. Momentarily. A psalm? Okay. Pull up a psalm. While he's doing that, there's also the connection back to Isaiah uh, 55, like mm-hmm. we talked about last week. That's right. Okay. Yep. And then, and then the fact that he never says seed in the first parable. And now is talking about seeds. Yeah, that I mean that's a he's he's remezzing his own stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's all interlocked. It's all interconnected. All right. Okay. 
So we got some solid remezes going on here. Okay, so let's... So it's in Psalm 112. All right. Which I can read the whole thing. It's only 12 verses. It's 10 verses. But it, it happens in the 10th verse where he says, The wicked will see and be vexed. They will gnash their teeth and waste away. The longings of the wicked will come to nothing. Yup. Hmm. Yeah, I knew it. It makes sense. It's in Psalms too. Yeah, that w- if I if I had to take a guess, I probably would have guessed Psalms. You had it. That anyone would have guessed maybe. Psalms though, because I mean, there's a, a hundred and bazillion. That's a safe one, but it, the just just from the imagery of that, like that's yeah, gnashing, talking about gnashing of teeth, and yeah, that would have been my guess. But you know, nonetheless, so we got some solid remezes going on. So let's talk about. What might drush. be some drosh? Kyle's like, I'm out. I got nothing. Well, I mentioned some of the drosh then, during the sermon. So the remez is the fish. What's the drosh from the fish? It's the it's the good and the evil, right? The hurrah? Is that what you're... Nope. Nope. The, nope. Back to Ezekiel. Look at me just sticking my foot <laughs> in it and messing that one up. Well done, Logan. Pat on the back. I don't remember. This is why I sit back during Josh. <laughs> so in Ezekiel 47, we're given this picture of the temple being restored and the, and the temple operating as it's supposed to, and it provides fresh water. Mm. And, and in that fresh water, there are uh, every kind of fish. That's right. And those fish represent all of the nations. And so just like you have the good and evil living next to each other, those who are part of the kingdom, those who are worthy for the kingdom, those who are not, uh, in the first parable, in the second parable, you have all the kingdoms are a part of this, and it's part of God's plan to include them. Mm-hmm. And yet it takes 20 years. That's right. It takes 20 years for the church to reconcile with that. For the disciples to get their heads around that. Yes, to fully embrace it, to fully, to move beyond all their prejudices, all of their historical baggage, and just to go, oh, yeah, they're part of... They're this in? is this is God's redemptive plan here for mm-hmm. for all nations. Yeah. All this, right. This is not just a localized movement, a faction of Judaism. Yeah. No, that I think that's. And once again, this is a this is not a scientific. Thus saith the Rob. Concrete answer. Concrete answer. This is something that needs to be wrestled with. Um, you know, you can you can disagree on some of these things and be like, I don't know about that. You got to convince me more, or I don't know. I think I see this connection because there's other connections that you might be able to pull out with the remezes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and you, this is this goes back to that havarim or havara, uh, and then the furnace of fire, like. That sure. showing up in both explanations, both parables are connected, both parables by Matthew. And he's we, making a point. We know that like that is a significant story in in uh, Israel's history. And it's and it's not just <clears throat> Daniel, like it's it's Daniel and and the people that he has influence with, people that he probably his disciples as it were. Mm-hmm. Mm. And Daniel is this is this picture of what it looks like to persevere and live in this tension of the Shephelah and live within that tension really, really well, um, not being uh, assimilated and not isolating, but. Im- but embracing in a way that's redemptive where you could see God's kingdom move forward 
Uh, he has influence with Nebuchadnezzar mm-hmm. in, in ways that, you know, it's unfathomable that he'd have that much influence in in, in yeah. that man's life, and and that and Nebuchadnezzar ends up being a worshiper of God mm-hmm. because of Daniel's life, and I think that's and, and maybe and oh oh is Nebuchadnezzar a wheat or a tear? Oh, shoot. I mean, the initial response is that he's a tear. Except for... by the end... He's a worshiper. So maybe... I, 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 mm, I, mm, mm, and he's a Gentile? Mm, mm, I don't know. He, he's a goyim? I mean, I can't... It's not my place. I'm going to go back to the shot level. It's not my place to judge. I'm going <laughs> to leave that up to God. I'm going to let God answer that. Uh, <laughs> I think that was a sowed moment. Yeah, it might have been. Because... How doesn't that connect these two stories? Mm-hmm. You got a goyim, you got a fish. I, Rob is very happy right now, guys. Oh, Rob's feeling real good about this. Man, it is real good. So That's, that that is tasty. Good about That's some tasty connective tissue right there. That is tasty right there. Brent Billings. Yeah, when you put it that way, Brent Billings. <laughs> I would love. Uh, Love for you to send me a text on this. Oh, jeez. Give me a thumbs up or a thumbs down on Nebuchadnezzar. <laughs> we don't say tear. anything else. Just, Just a thumbs, a thumbs up, up or a Just thumbs down. A thumbs down. Yeah, that's, he's yeah, two he's... weeks behind. He told me so. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, he's gonna hear this in two weeks. But he, he was listening to my sermon from last week, and he sent me a question. He was like, "What's with the hum?" And I was like, "I was listening to this week's sermon at that very moment." I was thinking. I don't hear a hum. <laughs> Losing my mind. And then we figured out, oh, it was that last week's. And, and then I was like, yeah, no, there was a hum in that one. I don't know what happened on that. My bad, guys. And maybe it was my bad. I don't know if it was my bad, because I don't know what happened. So anyway, <clears throat> wow, we rabbit trailed. That's the first Fantastic. time. That's the first time. It's it's never happened before. No, no. It's got to be the first time for everything. We would never do that on footnotes. We'd never lose track of where we're going. Uh, fantastic. Well, Rob, let's hear it. Uh, to wrap this up real quick, did you want to... Uh... Let, me talk about, let me talk about Bible Hub. I mentioned during the sermon that you can, you can uh, read... You can read the original text... <laughs> that was fantastic, Siri. <laughs> oh man, Siri, you are helping me out. Oh, fantastic! I hope, I hope that was caught over the mic. Oh, I guarantee it. Uh, yep, we'll make that work. <laughs> All right. So if you go to BibleHub.com and there's other utilities that you could use as well, like Bible or BlueLetterBible.org is another resource that I've used. I tend to use that one. But BibleHub.com, if you pull up Matthew 13, there's there's about four layers, five layers of uh, menus that you can look at. And so you've got the very top layer where you could pick the passage. You know, you could do Matthew and then the next box over, it's all drop-down menus, Matthew, then 13, then version, then commentary. Like you select these drop-down menus. And then there's a search function at the next level, and then the next level is all these different Bible translations, like you could pick NIV or ESV or uh, King James Version, and New King James Version. Then the next level... Um, and it's in white with uh, blue lettering. You could pick parallel, sermons, topical, strongs, comment, interlinear, and, and Greek. So if you select Greek, you can read. Uh, actually, you can select interlinear or Greek, and you can read word for word for word for word each Greek word, it's translated, so you have the Greek word, 
and then you have the English version, and then you're given um, the parts of speech. But So what this does is it gives me kind of a... Without learning Greek, I can kind of utilize the Greek to find connections, right? Right. So when I said that in the parable, Jesus never, never actually says the word seed. Mm-hmm. This is so, how I came across that. I was, I, and I have yep. a tendency to do this. Um, if you want to read the Hebrew word for word for word for Hebrew in the Old Testament, same process. You yep. go to that fourth level, and it'll say Hebrew or interlinear, and you can read it. Now, when you do the Hebrew, you have to read it from right to left. Mm. So, so you, trickier. So you do have to know that. But <coughs> Hebrew is a much simpler language, and there are words that will be translated three or four different ways in, in a chapter, mm-hmm. but show up as the same Hebrew word seven times. Sure. And if you don't know that is that Hebrew word is showing up seven times in that passage, you could miss it. Because <laughs> yes, that word means something a little different in that particular context, but the fact that it shows sure. up seven times in that passage and not the chapter before or the chapter mm-hmm. ev- afterwards is significant. So yep. Starting in Matthew thirteen three, and he spoke to them many things in parables, saying, Behold, went out the one sowing to sow. And in the sowing of him, some indeed fell along the road, and having come, the birds devoured them. Other now fell upon the rocky places, where not it had soil much, and immediately it sprang up, though not having depth of soil. The sun now having risen, they were scorched, and though not having root, were dried up. So he never says the word seed. He's dancing around it, using every different every different pronoun that he can for them. Other now fell upon the thorns and grew up the thorns and choked them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is so and crazy. so... If you just read the English versions, some will translate it pretty close to this and not say seeds. Or they'll put seed in italics, or you, you might see that, yeah. Or in other other versions will say seeds, because they just want you to know that Jesus is talking about sowing, sowing seed. seeds. But f- Jesus didn't preach in the Greek. Mm-hmm. He preached in Hebrew. And so oftentimes I want to know, well, what Hebrew word is he connecting to? And and we the Septuagint is the Old Testament that was translated into the Greek prior to Jesus' time. And so when we look at and, and Matthew that becomes a little bit harder because Matthew is not a very clean translation mm-hmm. when it comes to the Greek. From the, the translation from the Hebrew to the Greek was not the cleanest, according to our friend Marty Solomon. Not as clean as, as the other f- Gospels. But oftentimes I care more about what was Jesus saying originally in the Hebrew because there's Hebrew idioms that come to play, those kinds of things. Absolutely. And so I will look at the Greek... In the New Testament, I will find that word in the Old Testament using the Septuagint uh-huh. and get a sense for what was he trying to communicate. And I was looking through this parable and going, oh, you never, actually never said seed. That's, that's crazy. Now, if this all sounded like Greek to you, that's okay. This is the nerdery side of footnotes. You shall survive. Or if you're just like, I want to know this stuff, but it doesn't make sense via the audio. Well, just come talk to us. We'll show you. Yeah. yeah. But the best way to do this is just to dive right into it and start messing around with it. And then you start to find cool things, and then you get hooked on it. And you're like, how did I ever read the Bible before the internet? 
It was like just using tapes the entire time. I know. <laughs> it's <was> ridiculous. <laughs> so many tapes. Bible on vinyl. Ugh. <laughs> It's really hard to cross-reference. <laughs> You're skipping that needle around all over the place. It's just terrible. Oh, you got to jump, vibrate, and it jumps and skips, and then all of a sudden you're there. I, uh, I'm scared to say this, honestly. Oh, no. Oh, no. Is she going to say it? I don't know that I've ever listened to anything on vinyl. Neither have I. What? Oh, Kyle, I'm so <laughs> glad you're here right now. <laughs> I can share the judgment. All right. <laughs> Type of millennial are you, Jen? Not listening to things on vinyl. I'm not a hipster millennial. Uh, all right. All right. Well, there you go. Fantastic. Well, thanks for joining us on another episode of Footnotes. Hopefully we have blown your mind or at least entertained you with our shenanigans. And uh, we will be back with the second part of the Little Treasures sermon. Little Treasures, part two. Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> you know, I was going to come up with one, but I, th- I think I'll, we're going to go with that. We're, uh, this is part two, Electric Boogaloo. It is slightly copyright infringement. Yeah, I mean a little bit. Yeah. By a little bit, I mean completely. Yeah. Uh, we spell it differently. The silent K. This is uh, Little Treasures. <laughs> little, oh, jeez. <laughs> little Treasures, part two. Smaller and shinier. Uh, so we'll be back so at it shiny. this week shiny treasure <laughs> buried we'll be talking about all those middle parables it'll be fantastic uh, Rob is gonna talk for at least 40 minutes again I'm so, thinking 45 you going 45? 4716 4716 that's very specific I, that, is, that is really specific <laughs> I, I was just gonna go for 40 like, I think he's know. talking about the number of time he's lo- he's gonna lock himself out of his room. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Mr. Rob, I'm only at one lockout. Only one this semester thus, one thus far. Lockout. That's doing pretty good. It's very good. And and uh, no falls on the ice. No falls on the ice. I'm well the done. last one standing. Oh man, wow. well done. That How bad phrase is works well for that. Like taking hmm? care. Uh, that phrase works really well for that competition. Yeah. The last yeah. one standing. It does. For <laughs> last one who hasn't Boom. slipped. Uh, the, but really what the world wants to know is how many people have you pulled over to Team Dirt? Well, I did get Gracie on Team Dirt. She has agreed what to join. Team Dirt? Oh, you missed this. You got to go back and listen to last week's footnotes. I started listening to it and then I stopped. Well, I don't normally stop in the middle, but sometimes. I just don't even know what to do with that. Fantastic. <laughs> All right, so we got one. We have added one to Team Dirt. And with that... We'll catch you guys next time. Peace. Peace. See ya. <laughs> You've been listening to Footnotes on the Mission Ridge podcast. For more information about Mission Ridge, please visit our website at missionridge.church. Thanks for tuning in. We hope the rest of your week is straight up hashtag blessed and that you'll join us again next week for more Footnotes. <laughs> <laughs>